Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast with me and my co-host, Chloe Bunter. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry. However, many of the practices we take for granted are out of date or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room in Pilates, and we're here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a fair few F-bombs thrown in. This show is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher. If you've been enjoying the show and you want to give back, give us a five-star rating and write us a glowing review on Apple Podcast app. That'll help other instructors find the show and let us know we're making a difference. In today's episode of Elephants, Chloe and I talk with our friend Laura Sagers, who owns Rise Pilates here in Melbourne, about her journey of learning business on the fly. And uh, then when COVID hit, how she adapted her studio to run online classes and what she's learned going through COVID and coming out the other side of that process. And so this is a real transformational journey and a lot of golden nuggets in there about teaching as well as running a studio, hiring and finding staff, how to find a job if you're an instructor. Um, lots of great gold in there. Uh, I know you're going to love it. Hey, Chloe. Hey, Raph. Hey, Laura. Hi, Raph. <laughs> Hi, Chloe. <laughs> hey, Laura. Well, isn't this awesome? This is awesome. We've got a, a fantastic guest today, Laura Sagers. Thank you for having me. Or Sags, as I call you. Yes, you do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so how are you today, Chloe? Yeah. Welcome back from holidays. Thank you. I'm good. I think I'm still in that, uh, just finding my feet again. <laughs> First time having two weeks off in a very, very long time. I'm not, I'm not counting Christmas because I was busy moving house. So yeah, it was really good. Spent lots of time with my cats <laughs> and my family and Laura's dogs. Yeah. So yeah, had a great time. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. And you sound nice and relaxed too. Yeah, I'm relaxed. How are you, Ralph? Oh, fuck, I'm awesome, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty typical yeah. response from Ralph. Yes. You're concerned if it's not an awesome there. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Laura? Yeah. Oh, I'm great. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm a long-time listener, <laughs> first-time speaker. <laughs> I was going to say um, first-time caller, but I'm physically here with you both, which is awesome. Well, it's the first time having you on Pilates Elephants, but it's not the first time, Raf, interviewing you. No. We've got a couple of, I would say, two of our most easily most popular uh, interviews that you've done, Raph, and they'd be on, in, you can find those on our... We'll link to them in the we'll show notes. We'll link to the show notes. There mm. we go. There mm. we go. Back before we had a podcast, mm. there was a blog and uh, and you're also, your interviews are in our coursework. Uh, so you're, you know, you're your household name around here. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Way to boost me up. <laughs> yeah, so those interviews are... Uh, really actually quite pertinent to what we're talking about today because yeah. the first one I talked with you, I think it was like a week before or after it was. or something you it opened was your studio. literally a week into opening Rise, my Reformer Pilates studio in Essendon, Melbourne, Australia. Um, was that 2018 or 2019 or it something was like that? 2018, the very start of January 2018, yes. And yeah, so we're almost approaching five years at the studio. And mm. then I remember Raf 
we had our second um, interview slash chat. Um, it was pretty much one year exactly to the day. So it was 12 months later. And it, it's really cool to look back and have that documented because even for myself, like some of the things that we spoke about, you forget those little things and, and how it like you can kind of always remember how it felt and little things kind of pop up into your head. But, yeah, to have that documented and to be able to look back on, it's pretty pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. And so now, you know, five years later, so you're a seasoned veteran oh, yeah. studio owner <laughs> and, and you've, you've come out alive the other side of COVID. Come out know. alive the other side of COVID. Um, as in, I mean, you know, um, your studio is alive, right? Yes. You've still got a viable business. Yes. And so, you know, you're wearing some battle scars, no doubt, but you've, I'm sure you've learned a heap of stuff, not just from COVID, but also just from operating a studio for a, a bunch of years. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely, definitely. So I'd love to get, um, you know, and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear, firstly, just like, you know, if you think back to those initial conversations that we had, like when I remember that first conversation where you were like, oh, it's been so easy. Everything's so great. It's just fallen in my lap. Yeah. You know, everyone says it's hard, but I don't know what they're talking about. You know, yes. <laughs> um, you know and, and so what's, you know, can you just talk us through like, what's the basic setup, you know, of Rise? What's, what, what's your yes. main business? How many machines do you have? All of that. Yes. Um, and how many people working for you, et cetera. And then like, you know, what, what have you, what's, what have you learned? What's, what does Laura of 2021 <laughs> know <laughs> that Laura of January 2018 was yet to learn? Yes. You know? <laughs> okay. Um, a hell of a lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but yeah, going back to that very first interview, um, it was, I think at the time too, I underestimated how much growth I'd had prior to opening the studio. And at the time when I went to open, um, it did feel so natural and easy because I'd put in the hard yards to get to that place to make it feel like that. Like I, I, I had already written five business plans before I opened. So like little things like that, that... I kind of probably didn't take into consideration that the I had been mentally prepping and doing bits and pieces to get to that state of feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm doing it because I've actually put in the work to do it. Um, and, yeah, then to go 12 months later where you learn all the other things along the way and it's not all not all sunshine and roses. Um, so, yeah, jump jumping forward to COVID. So sorry, just first first just for those out in the world who don't know what Rise is, just tell oh, us yeah, a little bit about Rise. About Rise. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so um I have a Reformer Pilates studio. It's a small boutique studio. We have um renovated a few times over the years. I started with eight machines. Um I ended up with a dual studio. I think that was in the um the second interview and um, that actually didn't work. That was a really big um, learning curve as a studio owner that to it, it worked for the clients and it worked for the instructors and it worked so for the you cultures. you had two rooms? I had two rooms. So we ended uh-huh. up having um, a room of 10 machines and a room of six machines and, yeah, how, how we were um, – our price structure and how I was operating it from that side, it 
didn't work. And it worked for the clients, like I just mentioned, and it was great having two instructors on at a time. But yeah, when when your accountant says, hey, (laughs) it's not working, you kind of have to make some big changes. So um, I ended up renovating the studio so that I could fit more machines into the one room. And um, yeah, we have kind of just we've kept renovating and improving the space to make it as um, profitable and as, you know, like inclusive and smooth as possible so that we're not overcomplicating things. How many reformers are in there? So we have now grown to, we we got up to 13, but with social distancing over Uh COVID in the last 12 months, it has jumped from 10. And now I've got um, 12 back in to just to just to make sure social distancing like we, we we can get to 13 again definitely but just to take into consideration what's happening we've stuck to 12. When I ran uh, my studio um, we started out with something very similar we started out with this huge lounge area it was reception it was a great place for people third space for people to congregate and meet and hang out it was so warm and welcoming and then a couple of years in we realized why aren't we making any money and then we realized oh actually the revenue generating space in this in this whole building of 400 square meters is like 80 square meters of this reformer studio (laughs) (laughs) and then we've got this 120 square meter lounge that we're just paying like 300 dollars a square meter for per year that's just literally generating no revenue for us and it's like oh we've got this tiny little engine in this great big car you know and so we did multiple renovations over the next three or four years and each one of them basically expanded the footprint of the reformer studio and contracted the footprint of the the non revenue you know the lounge and the the change rooms and yep. the, the all of that got smaller and smaller and smaller yeah. <laughs> until at the end it was like oh now we've got a business that's generating exactly because so. it's all well and good to have like those beautiful spaces and like community and connections one of my biggest philosophies in running a business but if you don't have a business for them to come to kind of doesn't work yeah so that so when you say you renovated to improve profitability that's what you mean right you expanded your expanded the reformer studio and yeah the space brainstormed how we can actually make use of the space to actually make profit Mm. because and you know depends on how many classes you have per week on the schedule and stuff but basically you know some super rough back of the envelope you know math if you're charging $20 per class and you're running, say, 50 classes a week, which is a pretty small timetable for a, a yep. studio, well, and if you can fill one reformer, you know, 50 times a week at $20 a class, it's $1,000 a week yep. times 50 weeks a year is $50,000 of additional revenue. So you're going from 12 to 13. Yep. That's $50,000 extra in your bank at the end of the year if you can put a bum on that reformer. And your expenses include increase basically zero, right? Yes. I mean, you've got to buy the reformer, but then yes. you don't have any extra expenses for staffing, marketing, nothing. It's just it's all extra profit. Precisely. Right? And so the difference between, you know, 10 reformers in the room and 13 is freaking huge. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. So that's where we got to right before COVID hit. Um, I think also too, you asked me to mention um, – staff and how many classes, that kind of stuff. Um, so I have t- 
10 instructors, 10 or 11 at the minute. Um, they all do minimal. So, so sorry, can you just talk us through the snapshot of like the, the, the moment before the Titanic hit the iceberg, you know, yes. like March the 1st, 2020. <laughs> where we, where you know? we were all like carefree yeah. and, yeah. and <laughs> hugging each other all the time and hanging out. And So we backtrack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's go Feb, February. <laughs> Just had my birthday, <laughs> a nice little holiday. <laughs> Everyone was going out for dinner. Um, we're all going to Pilates. Yeah. All right, yeah, so, so talk us through, you know, the snapshot of February 2020. Yep. So you've got 13 reformers. 13 reformers. The, in the space. How many, in the how space. many team members have you got? Um, I have 10 to around 10, given some cover regularly. I still include them as part of the team as much as possible because they're covering regu- regularly. Um, yeah, so between 10 to 12, um, we have – 75 classes on the schedule um, a week, seven days a week, Uh, 6am, last class finishes at around 8.30 in the evening, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Yeah, so we are all... And in in Australia, I mean, I know these things are different around the world, but in Australia, and I I know at your studio, the arrangement is that basically the customers pay you, the studio, and then you pay the instructor. So the instructors don't rent space in the studio or anything. It's like their employees that, you know, you do the marketing, you bring the customers in and bring the people. The yep. instructor's job is just to show up and teach their class and care and you know bring those customers back next time. Exactly. Precisely. So that was our setup prior to COVID and it was all it was all going pretty good and I was actually at my going into the fourth year even reflecting now I feel like that fourth year didn't really happen. <laughs> but yeah, it was going into the fourth year and I was actually just starting to to get to that profitable profitable state in running a business where I'd kind of nutted it out over the last leading up to that fourth year. And yeah, we were just starting to make 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 it flow, make it a bit of an impact. And, and yeah. what were some of the key things? So obviously one was squeezing more reformers into that room. Yes. That's one thing that you learned. Yes. <laughs> and each Getting reform you squeeze in is worth 50 grand a year. Yes. Actually, 75 classes a week, it's worth 75 grand a year, <laughs> right? So, um, so uh, you know, that's some easy – that's that's a good Quick lesson math. to learn. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, but what else What else had you learned to, to make, you know, that contributed to it kind of running profitably and smoothly for you? My – I think even in the interviews I've done with you previously, my philosophy is always – creating that community and giving the clients the best experience possible. Um, so in saying that there's definitely been ways that I've learnt over, I think I need to retrack. Can you ask me that question again? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cut, Josh. So we might just make a little clap here. Yeah. And that just tells the editors that there's a spike in the sound file and that'll tell them that they need to edit that little bit Thank out. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so, all right, so we're, here we are in February 2020 and you've got this, you know, really smoothly running studio and you're looking around going, huh, I think I'm starting to get the hang of this, you know, running yep. a studio thing, you know, like if there's money in my bank account, the clients are happy, I've got a great team, things are running smoothly, it's not like crisis clinic every day, you know. Yes. <laughs> um, 
and so, all right. So, what what were the the big lessons that you learned over that the preceding quite a couple of years? Because obviously, one of them was like, okay, squeeze more reformers into the studio. Yeah, right? that was that's a big lesson. Yep. And each reformer for you at seventy five classes a week yep. is seventy five grand a year if you can fill it. Yeah. All right, and so that's a big thing. What else did you learn? I think um, learning to let go. I I think I I the more you can kind of let go of what you do allows more time to grow and I love teaching teaching's always been my number one that's how I got into it that's why I opened a business essentially in the first place because I love teaching but you can't teach all the classes when you're trying to operate a business that's just you kind of change hats and and same with being all over the admin and all over the marketing and all over the everything, all different cleaning. I got rid of that was happy. <laughs> I think I think in like the first four weeks I had cleaners at the studio. I'm not going to lie. That was one of my top priorities to let go of. Um, but yeah, so. I'm pretty sure I have seen you doing some plumbing though. Oh yeah, actually, that that that's a hat that you just can't avoid. Sometimes you've <laughs> you got to, to be unclog toilets. Yep, electrician, uh, roof roof whatever things roof yeah. tile fixer. <laughs> yeah, because when you arrive at the studio and there's a leak, and then you ring up the plumber and they're like, oh, oh, it takes we can be there Tuesday week Locker. or something. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, like, you're like this fix <laughs> <now."> no, <laughs> especially when you're going through a real estate as well. <laughs> but there's like a third party, so it's mm. a real estate then. Mm. The, um, yeah, get three quotes person. and uh, yeah. we'll get back to you in a week. Sort of I'm thing. like, I don't have time to wait for that toilet to get fixed. No one else is going to come and do it for you. Yeah. So you end up doing it yourself purely because you need it fixed. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes, yeah, as a business owner, you do just have to roll up your sleeves and do, do <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Chloe. <laughs> it was a cute it's photo. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still had my hair all like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> still looked like a plumber. <laughs> I'm seeing you in kind of a Stepford Wives 1950s thing, That's so but sweet. with a big That's toilet exactly plunger. That's exactly how it was, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Just getting shit done, literally. <laughs> All right, so, so you're God. letting go of, t- of teaching uh, progressively. Progressively. So that you can focus on growing the business, like focusing yes. on marketing and, you know, running the team. And because and at the end of the day, when it's your own business, you can't employ somebody to do that for you either unless you do go to a business coach or like or have big, big bucks to spend to have somebody to come in to run your business for you. Yep. So essentially that is my job. So if I don't have time to do my job, <laughs> like you you do realise along the way that you if you're not steering the boat you're going to crash. Mm. So you need to prioritise the tasks that need to get done, the things that only you can do, and then get other people to do the jobs that they want to do. And then there's people out there, there's like my instructors are phenomenal. And and that doesn't mean that I'm not phenomenal and I'm not a great teacher or anything. It, it You've got great people out there. Like why don't you need to, yeah, let go to give opportunity to grow. Mm. Same with um, admin. I, I personally don't really like doing admin, but I I like being across the admin and I think I felt um, 
stepping away from teaching, it was still a connection to the studio and the clients that I could still foster in that avenue. Um, but again, I don't have time to do that. And and there are people out there who are phenomenal at it and genuinely love doing it. So it's been a, a growth in my realisation that even though I don't like doing a job, there's other people that like and are fucking awesome at doing the job. Yeah. yeah. So letting go to prioritise what you need to do and what only you can do. So you opened a studio because you love teaching. Yeah, and now I'm not teaching. No, I and am. You <laughs> you're never going to give up your Saturdays. No, I'm going to keep my Saturday mornings. I still teach. But then you, you know, over time you came to realise that actually opening a studio is, or running a studio is itself a skill set and a job. Yeah. And it's not the same job as being a Pilates teacher. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. And it, it took a long time for that realisation to occur. Was there a moment that you, where it kind of dawned on you? I think at that point where I realised I needed to change the studio space to make it more profitable, I think mm. that I think it kind of went hand in hand in that setting because when you're told, okay, you need to do something, otherwise it's not going to be here, <laughs> you, yeah, you kind of jump pretty quick to go okay how can we problem solve here so talk so talk us through just before we move on to talking about COVID but talk us through that because my suspicion you know having been a studio owner and been through a very similar trajectory as you I started out teaching all the classes and doing you know all the things and pretty soon went through that same set of realizations but also just I know a lot of studio owners and I see a lot of people going through that same you know path and I wonder, you know, what were the signs that you recognised, you know, now with hindsight yep. that you were like holding on too tight to that teaching role and thinking like, oh, if only I just teach more classes or teach better classes, you know, that'll fix all my problems. <laughs> where, where in reality, what you need to do is teach less classes and get the marketing under control or, yeah. or whatever it might be. Um, I think looking back in hindsight, oh, I don't think there was a specific moment, but I think just getting to a point where you're feeling so run down and stressed that you just go, I can't keep doing this. It's mm -hmm. too much where you kind of get to that point where you, you almost feel like you hit a bit of a rock bottom where mm -hmm. you're like, I genuinely love doing what I'm doing here, but I shouldn't be feeling like this. Mm. It shouldn't like burn out. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Burnout mm. essentially. Cause you just can't <laughs> do it. You can't yeah. teach six classes do the admin come back and teach another four like that yeah and i have a son yeah so it gets to a point where there's like a lot going on and i would say in any studio owner's life that you just go okay we just can't keep doing we can't keep going like this speaking we as if there's other studio owners <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'm sure plenty of studio owners have, have felt like that and I'm sure you know spoken to a lot of instructors who you know have gone through the ebbs and flow of of, of burnout as well I think um I think part of the letting go is having the right people around you to let go to and I think where even though some studio owners may be feeling like that you you kind of go, I don't know 
what to give first and I don't know if I like there might not be the right people turning up at the interviews or there might not be the people that you've handed it to in the past haven't haven't quite picked up what you're putting down or like you're just not gelling to make it work so I think I think it does come back to having the right people around you and knowing what to let go of first and I think that will be really individual to each scenario where someone may need to let go of teaching a bit more and it might be finding your instructors and and my my biggest learning there is also to give people a go and a lot of the time it comes down to communication and and just being open and I know you guys are all over radical candor <laughs> sure. and and just being really transparent of what your needs are in the business and and your expectations and and then also being open to hearing how they are you know how they're how they're going in the role and mm. and how you can kind of I think there's always a fine line with everything but like sometimes you do get to a point where it's just not working but yeah. I think you yeah finding giving people a go to work with them to get them to that place where you can go, yep, you've got it. We're on a roll. All right. This is something I want to unpack. And I said we we're going to go into COVID, but but there's just some really gold in there. And so speaking as somebody, I feel like I've been through a similar journey and I've got a fucking incredible team, you know, of whom one of whom is sitting across, in fact, two of whom now are sitting across <laughs> yes. the table. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Laura Sagers I'm is so going excited. to be a <laughs> trainer for breathe. Um, <laughs> Hello, new bosses. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I've been exactly, you know, what you, where you described. Like I'm just feeling like run down, burnt out, thinking like, well, I started this thing because I love doing this and now I'm hating it and feeling trapped by it. You know, like, yep. and then also I've felt that same feeling yeah. that of like handing something over to someone like Chloe and going, "Hey, can you just sort this out for me?" and and then watching her make it ten times better than I ever thought it could be, and I'm like, "Fuck, what have I been doing all these years?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been labouring here, going, "No one could do this as well as me," and then yes. I give it to someone, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, I can just do it ten times better than you." Yeah, you know? and and so now, you know. I'm in a situation where I've got a, an, a, an A team and, and you described, you know, your team is awesome. And so I wonder, and the number one thing I hear, you know, I do a weekly Q&A, um, live, you know, f- free Q&A. Hey, come and join us. We'll put a link in the show notes. It's just a live thing where we chat about stuff, whatever's on your mind. Um, and um, this week we talked about client retention, for example, how to make your clients, get your clients to stay longer. Um, and, and that's, and so we get a lot of, you know, I have a lot of dialogue every week. We had like 20, 30 people in attendance every week. Um, and I have a lot of dialogue with studio owners. And the number one thing I hear again and again and again and again and again is I can't find great people. Right. So, and I hear it from people in the small towns. Oh, there's no instructors in my towns. And I hear it from the people in the big cities. Oh, all the instructors in my town want to work for the big blah, blah, blahs. You know, so like there's, it seems like where are these great instructors, yeah. you know, and, and how, what have, how have you cracked the magic code to assemble this, you know, incredible team? Oh, it's a good question. <laughs> Breathe EDU grads, obviously. They are. I'm sorry, it's like the I'm answer not gonna, is staring I'm not us in the face. Code it. They all are. <gasps> Breathe 
ex-grads. That, I wasn't, every fish, single, I wasn't but, fishing for a plug there, by the way. Genuine question. Since you, <laughs> since you, since you no brought it up. There, it's just like really glowingly obvious. Um, yeah, I I go with, from within the business always. I I So you choose people from your reformer class, basically. So a lot of my staff I'm I'm incredibly lucky too that I've had I've still got some of my core instructors that have been with me for nearly 5 years cool. now. Oh, so no pun intended. <laughs> you are onto it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just here for the lols. <laughs> no pun intended actually. Um, but yeah, core core instructors. Um, we so starting off, I'm I, being an instructor myself. I'm I'm I have been connected in the industry for a while, and starting off, um, I did start with a lot of incredible instructors that were also my friends. Like I'm not gonna lie, they 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 were my friends. So and basically, you just DM'd people and like, oh, hey, do you want to come hey, work for me? Well, actually, I I I. They came to me. Did Cat did Cat Cat taught for you? Cat taught Cat yeah. taught at Rise for a year. Shout out yeah. Cat Web. Cat Web, good times Pilates. Yeah, um, yeah. Right before she opened, good times, and yeah, she she knew what she was doing all along, <laughs> working at Rise. <laughs> I knew we we had big chats about um, running a studio, and yeah, it was always in the pipelines for Cat, and. Yeah, so I had quite a few friends and I think in saying that though, I I don't want to make it seem that that's how it like that's the only way to get yeah, in. Yeah. That, that that wasn't that wasn't why that wasn't what attracted them to working at the studio in the first place. I think um fostering the culture in the first mm. instance actually brought them to me to say, yeah, I want to work in this studio because you care about um, us as instructors, you care about your clients, you care about giving an awesome experience, great workout, uh, you care about our well-being, your, you understand what it's like to teach and mm. the, the little ins and outs of getting sick and, mm. you know, like those – I think that's such a big yeah. thing because I, you know, I think about when I was making my living from full-time instructing and the difference between having a studio manager slash owner who had done the thing, like they, they had taught and they had, you know, taught as their living compared to the studio manager who had never taught Pilates in their life. Uh, the the difference in how I felt uh, supported uh, and understood and heard uh, and inspired and all of those things as instructor like hugely different to me. Um, that doesn't mean you have to be a Pilates instructor to own a Pilates studio, but I think if you're going to do that, you want to be sitting down and doing some really good interviews. Like talk, tell me about your experience as an instructor. What do you need to feel? Yeah. 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 Because all, all businesses need boundaries, but sometimes you need understanding around those boundaries. So they're there for a reason, but at the same time, 
sometimes you do need to be flexible and understanding of the individual's circumstances. And yeah, sometimes you do need to go, okay, well, I get that this is a one-off and I understand. Like, And sometimes that's enough for people to go, oh, wow, you've really heard me and I'm just so grateful for the setup. Yeah. So tell, tell me more about, all right, so you had, you know, some friends because you already were connected in the industry, you've been teaching for a couple yeah. of years at that point, yes. you know, really full, very full time. Um, and so you had a couple of friends, Cat Webb, a couple of others come work for you, but it's not the present crew, you know, no. this isn't the original lineup of the band. <laughs> no, is it? it's you know. not the original lineup, but I still have a few, a few who Right. Who and were. so, all right. So you've retained some of those early great people yes. and you've attracted and retained other great people, yes. you know, and maybe some of them were future great people when you attracted them yep. and you've trained them up yep. and, and helped them grow. So that's probably the other two, um, the two ways of finding my instructors that they have um, either been instructors who have started attending the studio for their own practice and they get a feel for the classes, a feel for the, the setup of the studio and then they say, hey, can I go on your covers list because I'd love to work here? And then you see them interact in the studio Hold with on. your clients. If you're an instructor out there looking for work, thinking how do I how do I get find work at a studio? Just replay that last thirty seconds <laughs> and put it on repeat while you sleep. It's it's funny. Yes. It's a, exactly. <laughs> I, do you key, know? I still, absolute key. Still get. I still get people reach out to me and saying, "How do I go about getting a job?" I'm like, "Have you?" put yourself on any covers list oh no that's a great like of course it's a great idea yeah you should all be like covers is how you get work yep. i think in the u.s i just learned they call them subs oh they call them subs so go on the oh, sub no. list <laughs> yeah. there you go okay <laughs> subs i think i'm right on that i just i saw it on a youtube video someone was talking about subs this and subs that i'm like oh i think they mean covers <laughs> so that that is even if you have never taught before and you've just finished your course go to studios do the classes the studios that you want to work out keep going to don't just do a couple of classes and go oh yeah i've done this person's classes one class with five different instructors they're not going to remember and have that reoccurring kind of connection with you so go regularly it might take a little bit of time but but you're going to be doing pilates anyway you're going to right? be doing pilates so, so do it where you want to work <laughs> and, and i think also you know I, I mean when i first started teaching i just put my hand up for literally everything i would i drove and, and i wouldn't do this today but I drove an hour yeah. for one class just for the experience of you know it sounded like an interesting class uh it, it, and it was like okay well I've never taught out there before why not exactly and I just think that 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 helps you helps you establish your voice and helps you establish you know where do you ultimately want to spend most of your time working yeah. etc and that's yeah. experience and I think I think experiences like that are always valuable when you're starting out and I think there is a fine line where you don't want to be saying yes and burning yourself out to the to the absolute ground but there is a fine line again where you do need to put yourself out there it's not going to happen we were talking about this we with Kat the other day we, we were, yeah Kat Laura and I went for took took uh, Laura's dogs her beautiful golden retrievers yes for for a walk 
and we were talking about talking about that sort yeah, of you know you that you do need to that you have to put yourself out there to get the experience it's not just going to come to you and it's probably not going to be at if you've only got what Monday morning free? Yeah, it might not be Monday you morning. You got to do the yeah. shift that everyone else doesn't want to do. You, just, you, you might have to go. Oh, one Saturday afternoon. Yeah, cool. I'll yeah. do that cover. I'll give it a crack. Yeah, that's actually something that because um, I actually put a um, crowdsourcing question out on Facebook last week or the week before about this to studio owners and said, okay, what are the things that that sort of make a candidate stand out for you and what are the turnoffs? Um, and quite a few of them said um, stuff about basically friction in the process, like, oh, how about this date? Oh, no, that doesn't work for me. You know, or can we do blah, blah, blah? It's like, and then there's someone that just goes, yeah, I'll do it. Yep. And then they just show up and do it. Yep. And you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> there's the winner right there. That's the winner. <laughs> and from a, from a studio owner perspective too, I've got over 500 active clients at the moment. I've got 10 to 12 instructors that I'm already in communication with. When when you're you don't have time to constantly follow up people and especially as as much as I love having placement students too, they come at the bottom of running the business like where they are like I I especially through covid that's a a learning that I you do value having your placement students because is that eventually they become your instructors. And having so the, the placement student, just in case, you know, we've got listeners all around the world, just in case they're not quite sure what a placement student. Or observation students. Um, so someone who's, someone who's, who's still doing their Studying so. to be a Pilates instructor Correct. and they come and they watch you teach basically. Correct. Yeah. And then they probably start doing the warm up and then they might do a little bit more and then next yeah. minute they've got a whole class and they're covering yeah. or subbing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that, that's probably been a takeaway from COVID, having the studio in Melbourne closed for nine months. We didn't have the in-house observation students sitting in and I feel like it got to a point at around reopening probably two, three months in where we were down cover teachers mm. and I was sitting there going, why? Like how is like this has never happened in like nearly five years. Why is it happening now? What's changed? And I I really do think it was COVID and not having no the physical studio yeah. yeah lined up. Um so right. so basically your strategy for finding staff is look in the front row of your reformer class. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and uh, then also uh, the placement students. Yep. And presumably it's the placement students, the one who are easy to make a time with, the ones who just show up on time when they say yep. they'll be there and then they just they spontaneously pick up the, pick up the stuff off yep. the floor <laughs> and they start to remember the clients' names and yeah, say the clients' hi, you know, names, all, that stuff. Yeah. all the all the connection um, in reception, being um, – yeah, just friendly, yep. fitting into the culture of the studio. Yeah. All right. And so, all right, l- last question on this because, I mean, we, we could actually do Go a whole episode yeah. on this. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, so, you know, again, with your studio owner hat on. So, I mean, these are some great tips about for instructors about how to put yourself in the path of studio owners and how to make a good impression. But I'm thinking now for studio owners, right, who are thinking like, well, where do I find these great staff members? Yep. And also like – how do I how do I tell like you know if, if someone comes in and they seem lovely and they teach a good audition class and everything it's like well how do I know that two months later they're not just going to be like a bad fit for the studio and 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 how do I train them up so that they remain a good fit because as the studio evolves and 
you learn and whatever you yeah. want people to keep learning and getting better you know on the in the same way and and also as you step back you need people to step up right yep. so you need someone to be that top tier instructor yep. that you you know that was the role that you filled and then you need someone to take on their role, their role right and, and to step up and step you need up, someone else up. to be the work experience kid you and know, what i the, found uh, is that until you actually do take that step no one can actually step up like you you actually have to remove yourself from that to let them step up and it does take time and I'm not going to so lie the there's egg always comes before a, the chicken yeah and yeah. there's always going to be that risk that that person might not be the person but you've then allowed the space for somebody else to come in so whether whether that works hopefully we would think that someone from within the business already would step up into the space of say running studio managing or whatnot and you're then working with them to empower them in that role because you've done it before so you're the expert and you've got the the knowledge to then hand to them when they need so you're you're just overseeing it if you get to a point where okay that that person isn't working out and you've been really open and they've just gone nope this is not for me not what I thought it was I just want to go back to teaching you've then still created that space and you've probably set up a lot of processes in the in the meantime to then let somebody else step up into it and that's that's where I've often found that you you have to take the risk it's you've got to keep stepping forward otherwise you're not stepping anywhere so that one step forward is then keeping the momentum to then find the person. So you you have to give people a go. Yeah. You have to. And and if you've only got five people applying for it and you need to you need to give somebody a go because you can't keep you can't keep at that standstill going at the rate you're going because you're not growing. So you need to take the risk and let that's where I'm saying let go because Otherwise, scary. yeah. Otherwise, there's nowhere to go. So mm. sometimes, yeah, you might have to take a risk with somebody, but it is eventually going to create a space for somebody else who might be better, who might who might fit in a little bit better. But yeah, you want to try and <laughs> empower and foster the person that you first put in because you might surprise yourself that they 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 can even do a better job than you, like <laughs> yeah. Chloe did. Like Chloe. Yeah. I'm like Shaman's doing with me. Yeah, it works on so many levels and I think it, it relates to different industries too that, that you do, yeah, you have to just take the step. I think there are a couple of profound things there that I'd like to just recap before we move on, which is which are that number one, you have to step back before someone else will step forward. You can't be there going like, hey, everyone, I'm the hero, I'm the leader, mm. you know, who, who wants to do my job? Um, because they're all going to be super intimidated by that and think, I could yeah. never I could never fill Laura's boots. Yeah, you know? it's true. But when you step what away I- and go, hey, you know, this, this, this spot is vacant now, you know, someone can step into that. Um, so that's one thing, like you have to step away first. And the second thing, which you didn't actually say specifically, but I kind of got the sense, and this is what we do. We do basically what we call ride-alongs. Yep. So basically when, you know, when you're doing the role, you're like, hey, you know, Chloe, 
come and sit with me while I do this task and I'll show you how to do it sort of thing. And then next time you're like, hey, remember that thing we did last time? Why don't you have a crack at it and I'll help you out if you get stuck, you know? And then you're like, hey, remember that thing you did? Why don't you just go do it and come tell me when it's done, you know, and I'll check your work sort of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what we do. Although sometimes when you're growing fast, it, you don't have time, no. and you're like, "Hey, Chloe, sorry, can you go and sort that situation out, please? <laughs> I don't have time to give you any more background. <laughs> I really need it fixed." I do think, like sometimes being thrown in the deep end, you learn you learn a shitload real quick. Yeah, and that's, it's not the ideal way that we prefer. It's interesting. I, I love. Yeah, it, it's it's you, you super super Yoda. Uh, today, Sags. It's very, yeah, it's very, it's very profound. And I think about Raph when I was training to be a trainer and I was shadowing you. And I remember that day still where we got to that point. And I, you know, at first I was like, so every time I had to teach in front of you, I felt like throwing up, you know, it was just like, it's excruciating. And it was just, uh, oh, it was a torture. And then you started to, then I started to get to the point where I was like, oh, no, I want him to see what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Watch me, watch me. It's like, Dad, watch me. Look what I'm doing. And I just remember that day where you're like, I'm not coming back after lunch. Yeah. Just do it. You do it, you know. And it was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, and that was like yeah. so many so many courses that we taught together. And the first, like, I don't know, five or ten or whatever that we yeah. taught together was literally just you sitting in the, in the corner watching. Taking notes, yeah. yeah. And then after a while you'd start to throw in your, you yeah. know, little all here and there and you start to go in and help students yeah. with their things and then it would be like okay you'd take the morning session you know and then I'd throw in my oar every now and then yeah and then one time you just were taking the morning session I was like I don't think I need to be here anymore yeah, yeah. so he said and then yeah. I was able to yeah, yeah. and that that and, was yeah and that I was literally awesome went home moment. and didn't come back after lunch and <laughs> was like that was all good. I was like, <laughs> job done. I was like yes <laughs> Such a nice feeling when it gets to that point, though, where instead of you feeling like, you know, it's like gut churning, you're like, no, watch me, watch me. Did you see what I did there? That was so, you know, it's nice. I'm back at that square one, starting with you both at Breathe Education. So I'm back at that, that feeling of going, oh God, Chloe, just watch me taught teach it was really good by the way (laughs) (laughs) Chloe just observed me teaching I think though that um and this is just a little sidetrack but like you know Chloe was I think one of the first people that I really trained up like that and I, I don't think anyone else has got I mean Nicole maybe who's our general manager now she was a trainer with us she kind of got the same treatment but you know years before but since Chloe no one's had that same you know, level of like co-teaching 20 courses with me. Or it, was, it was so <laughs> good. And then, but then, you know, it was really cute. Then when we got to, t- we actually shared the Adelaide crew. Mm. So I did a couple yeah. of weeks, you did a couple of weeks and yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, it was great. We got some rave reviews, we right? Did. We, did. We, were, we were a good teaching team. Yeah. 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 That was fun when it Dynamic went duo. to us actually sharing the course. Mm. Yeah. But I think nice. that, you know, so that was like incredibly labor intensive and to get, you know, to, create one new trainer was like a two-year it was you know, long. full-time job it was. You know? <laughs> absolutely yeah. Um, yeah it was whereas now we've got you way better we've got a process yeah. we've got a process we know okay what are the key number one how do we choose the right people 
Number two, you know, what are the milestones of success and and how do we, you know, and what are the things that are going to facilitate people achieving those quickly? And so we're way better at it now. Mm. We've, you know, like, so, you you know, it won't take you, you won't have to sit in on 20 courses, yep. you know, with Charmin. <laughs> <Yes. before you. laughs> are you just sitting there going, I didn't know this is what I signed up for? <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, you'll, you'll hit the ground running in a few weeks, yeah. right? You know, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be up and teaching. Um, and and that's because one we know how to choose people now, and two we've got our process. Hey, of, hey, of hey! I was all right better. though. You were the right person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you did. You, you were so you right. That you still got took the two special years. treatment. You were so right. I didn't. We didn't have any process. Right. The process was you just watch me do it until you kind of start to get the hang of it, and then you do it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and for a long time, I sounded like. Raf and Nicole, because they because I did quite a bit of shadowing with Nick as well, and I my teaching voice was not my own. It was either you or it was Nick, and I could I could. Did you say he, Coolio? Yes, Coolio. I still say Coolio. <laughs> I say hi gang. And every time I say Coolio and hi gang, I'm like, there's Raf, but I do say Coolio a lot, and I'm like, man, it's I like, think you still do, Claude. I do. Yeah. I know I do, but then you and then you you know you. And, and actually, you've been responsible, Chloe, for creating a lot of those processes around training trainers and aligning trainers. But I didn't have any of that. I was just like, hey, here's what I'm doing. See if you can copy it sort of thing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which wasn't a great process. But anyway. Um, oh, it worked. <laughs> Chloe got to the point where she was like, I need other people. <laughs> yeah, and Chloe's like, what? You've got no process. Like, well, so, yeah, Chloe's created a lot of those processes. And now we have an incredibly aligned training team yeah. that, you know, I mean, we, we had a Google review the other day that said like the trainers are like some kind of weird cult. Everyone's literally 100% you know, on script 100% of the time, you know. And that is, apart from the cult part, that is music <laughs> to my ears. We've been called a science cult before. I remember that, that one, Raph. But um, that's music to my ears because when I was in the role of training manager, which I'm not now, um, Shaman's in the role now, but when I was, my my one of my absolute top shelf goals was get Train everyone yeah. singing from the same mm. And yeah. and I think I think with that, so that's just yeah. I mean, I'm hearing that, and we hear that all the time. Rarely do I, we just don't hear. Oh, I went to this person's, you know, tutorial, and it was so much better than that person's tutorial. Or it's, this person told me to do it this way, and that person, and that person told me to do it that way. Whereas now it's yeah. literally just like alignment. Every trainer yeah. is just so awesome and so welcoming, and yeah. And we're all giving the same information. Exact same yeah. information. And what yeah. I no love confusion. so much about that too is that it is so aligned, but everybody is still their own individual. Yes. Yeah. They, they are still delivering it from their authentic selves. Yes. That it's all the same content. Like you said, the learners are all still getting yes the same information. They're being taught the same things consistently, but they're getting the instructor's in their best selves. Right. And that's because it's not a script. These yeah. are, we don't say these are the words you must say. Yeah. We say, you know, here is the here is what we agree is the correct way to do this exercise. Here is what we agree, uh, you know, are the great cues, you know, to use in this situation. But we don't say, like, you must say these words in this order or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, and, and, but that's what, that's basically what I was taught when I was a Stop Pilates instructor trainer. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's, let's get back on topic. Or let's take a break. I could do with a double espresso. <laughs> let's come back and talk about COVID after the break. Hey, imagine this. When you meet a new client, you know exactly what to do. 
you're confident because you already have a plan, a plan that's so powerful and versatile that you can use it with any client, big clients, small clients, clients with pain in weird body parts, clients with diagnoses ending in itis, osis, or opathy, clients with neurogenic pain, whatever that is. Well, actually, neuro just means nerve and genic means produced by. So neurogenic pain is just pain that is produced by nerves. Anyway, clients with balance issues, clients with pain in any body part or in many body parts, all with this one weird trick. No, I'm just joking. There is no one weird trick, of course, that's going to solve everybody's problems. But if you come and study with us in our Diploma of Clinical Pilates, you will genuinely learn how to help people with all of those issues that I mentioned, plus many more. You'll learn a deep understanding of how the human body works and of modern pain science and evidence-based best practice. And you'll learn how to apply that knowledge to genuinely help people with their musculoskeletal issues. This is a one-year in-depth program. I would love to have you in the program. It's 100% online no travel required at all. You can do it totally from your lounge room. If you're interested, I'd love to have you come and join us. Click on the link in the show notes and I look forward to seeing you in class. Go on, click on the link. Welcome back, listeners. <laughs> so your sexy the, voice. <laughs> before the break, before the break, uh, so we spoke about, well, we spoke about a lot of things, didn't we? We spoke about your journey with with rise and how you need to step back to move forward. Correct. I like that. Could yeah. we get some t-shirts? I quite like that. That was very, very wise. I have wise friends, Raph, obviously. <laughs> um, I really like that. That's actually, I'm going to keep that gold nugget. And you've got to take the first step to move. Otherwise you're stuck. <laughs> going to take the first step to move. Otherwise you're stuck. Yeah. Love that. Um, and you spoke about some different ways that that new instructors can be be seen, basically. Um, go yeah. to classes, get on covers lists, be reliable, and make it easy. Take friction out of the out of the organisation process. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think backtracking, we were talking about um, how I find people. And that, that's exactly how I have found my staff. They've either shown up in class as teachers already and they fit the culture of the studio and they want to be there or they have been clients or breathe observation students who have come to the studio and have also, yeah, shown that they want to be there and they fit the culture and they're willing to learn and they're willing to to get involved. And so have you ever tapped a client on the shoulder who's not an instructor and said, hey, would you ever think about com coming to work for us and being an instructor? There have been very, I, I have done it, yes, but when I do it, I really mean it. I don't just say it to the clients that I kind of like drop drop the little, oh, have you thought about it? Like mm -hmm. I, when I say it to them, I really genuinely mean that I think they should be an instructor and I think you'd be awesome. And I think saving it for those moments, because often there's lots of people in the studio too, you you don't want to get, you don't want to go around throwing it like confetti to everybody. Oh, did Laura tell you? Laura told yeah. me I'd be great instructor as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> but, Laura, but Laura didn't tell me that I should be one. Maybe I suck at Pilates. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's not the case either. Yeah. And, and there are 
amazing instructors that even we have now that I I never said you should have you thought about becoming a an instructor but they have and they're awesome and you kind of go wow how did I never even think of that when you were a client because it's just it makes so much sense now who was but, one of your first teachers my first Ever. teachers okay so I had I had like a dream team I'm not gonna as in as in I mean like as yeah. As when you were a client. When I was a client, yeah. this is what I'm getting to. <laughs> okay. So my very first, like my my intro pack, I had like legends. I had um, Chelsea Cameron as my very first instructor ever, who is at Body Mind Life now. James Trenery, <laughs> KX, and you, Chloe Bunter. <laughs> I was like, oh man, is it coming? <laughs> This is one of my my awesome clients. And how could I have not fallen in love with Pilates with um, my startup teachers being you? I still remember, like I remember you and and how much you loved it. You were just that client that always had the, you know, there's no resting bitch face with you. She just had this massive (laughs) smile on her face. Like, so not that there's anything wrong with exercising resting bitch face. It just makes it hard to read the room. (laughs) But Laura was just like how she, she's so smiley. And as a, it was, she was just like this little ray of sunshine. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll also tell you that it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, she was. I'll awesome grunt through client. the pain and I'll smile and I'll laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, that's that's the same way that Chloe came on board with us. Yeah, she was in the front row of our reformer class, figuratively speaking. Uh, I, I don't like we. You trained with us, like I don't know what twenty twelve. I wasn't exactly a standout like student though. But then, you, uh, like what? Like then, I I actually traveled up to sydney i was living in melbourne you were living in sydney i traveled up to sydney we had we went out for a drink or dinner or something like that yeah you said you had something you want to discuss with me i'm like oh raphael <laughs> wants to discuss something with me what you were can kind you of mythological to me, to me. it can was like me the man so the I myth what I mean <laughs> and, and send me the brief if you wanted to be a trainer and i was just first. like what did you what that didn't see that coming. <laughs> but I had worked my ass off in between my subpar efforts as a student. And I'm very avert about that. I talked to my students about, I'm like, don't be me. Don't do it how I did it. Like, let's, let's, let's learn from my lessons. And I had to work because I was a slack student. You're a much better teacher than you are a student. Yes. I was a really slack student. I was like, seriously. And, um, and then I got really, we're talking about covers. And I know we still haven't talked about COVID. We're talking about covers. And I, one of my first gigs, so I did some observations um, at, um, it was back then called oh, Perfect Pilates in Brunswick West. Um, Stella was working there. So that's how, you know, connections. So it yeah. was like your cells are like, come and do some covers. Uh, come do some observations. And anyway, I, this is just like, talk about a dream. I got paid. 50 bucks to basically assist this class, right? So it was this huge, this huge warehouse space. And, you know, you'd get anywhere upward of 30 plus clients in this and it's open level, open it, you know, so anyone could be there. So my job was to just go around and offer modifications. 
So like what an amazing way for that's where I did a lot of a lot of my learning because I just had to on the job. And anyway, I remember one night I went in to assist um, one of the instructors and she was extremely popular. Like she had that following that they're not there just because of the time slot. They're there because of Kelly's class. Like she was, and she had a very unique style. She also taught yoga. She was also a dancer and she just kind of melded it all into this amazing flow. Like she was the queen of flow. Like I loved assisting for her. Anyway, I show up like, yeah, I'm all like keen, ready. And uh, the owner's like, you're going to have to teach. (laughs) (laughs) Marcus, hilarious. And he's like, Kelly's sick. You're going to have to teach look at this room. It is full. Everyone has paid to be here. You are going to have to teach. And I just went like pale and just was like, and I was like, oh fuck, I'm going to have to do it. Like, like I had no option of running away. And I remember just thinking, just wing it. And I told so many bad jokes that night. Like I just, (laughs) I just amplified my personality by like, 50 billion percent I was just like I'm gonna I I just honestly what went through my mind was I'm gonna need to get through on personality yeah and and it worked yeah I kept the movements really basic like I think we did a shit ton of squats and lunges like we probably did mainly squats and lunges you know (laughs) some balance work then we probably got down and did some ab work and I probably gave them some hip bridges while we were there and some side like I just kept it simple and just and from then on it was like well, it empowered me to go, yeah. well, fuck yeah, I actually can do this and actually can get by on personality at the beginning too is totally fine personality, and that that's okay yeah. because really it's like it's not about how fancy are the moves, it's about how you leave the clients feeling mm-hmm. and they all left seemingly like they'd had a great time. I got no negative feedback and from then on I actually got put on the books. So I then had, it was like, oh no, you're not getting paid to assist anymore. Sorry. <laughs> you're going to start, you're going to start teaching. We're going to give you time slots. So anyway, that was I the start even, of like, that yeah, that was, that was, I love that story, Chloe. The, that was the start of my career was mm. that one night when Kel, and I still talk to Kel about it. It's the one night when Kel was sick and I got to basically step into my hero's shoes, uh, which felt huge to feel, but I really remember I can still, still and this would have been, gosh, almost nine years ago now when this happened, maybe eight plus. And I still just remember thinking, just personality, bring it. <laughs> just bring it. So, yeah, anyway, and here I am. So <laughs> that is that is what you need to do, though, when those opportunities present themselves. Take it. You're not going to feel ready. Like, that. that's – there's no perfect time. And if you do get an almost perfect time, you are very lucky. <laughs> Very, very lucky. And so much of, and this is what I say to our students as well, and particularly the students that are now at, you know, we've got um, the amazing Feb crew, they're week 18. So what that means is they've got two weeks to go. And last night I was like sitting there with them. I'm like, so tell me how you're feeling. And then they were like, oh, 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 nervous, excited, nervous, excited, not ready, but ready. But, oh, oh, oh. And it's like, you're as ready as you can be. Yeah, like, I actually can't get you more ready now. We, you know, we've still got a couple of lessons to go and they're going to be great, but it's really consolidation here because I can't get you more ready. How you now get more ready is you need to learn on the job. You need to do the thing. You're all skilled. Like they're all skilled and competent. There's no doubt about that. 
way more <laughs> way more competent than yeah, I was they when really I finished are. as a student because I was really slack and these these and crew are not slack. The training that you went through was a hundred times less good than correct, the you correct, through. yeah. So just FYI, everyone, it was not the course that we teach now. <laughs> that is just just so we all are clear on that. Um, so yeah, you gotta do that. You just gotta get out there and do it in Rip the real the world. Band-aid off. Rip when the band aid off. When the opportunity opportunity presents you need to jump mm. just jump yeah well I, I felt like I got pushed um but jump knowing my personality like back <laughs> then and how I was kind of sitting back a bit with it and I would have probably been thinking I'm not ready I'm not ready so I actually needed that yeah you need you've got push. no opportunity not to teach this right now Chloe because my business needs you to teach it I've got a there's a warehouse full of people waiting for a class yeah and so personality is so important that yeah, engagement mm. is yeah. is mm. half of it. I'm I'm going to say half more than it. half. That how I relied you, on it very yeah. heavily in that first year of my and teaching. So career. well, you still do though. Like you're like that. People are so drawn to you for that reason. That that's why that's why people keep coming back. Like yeah. otherwise, you're teaching a bunch of exercises. We all teach the same exercises. Well, that's the thing. We all teach the same exercises, like, don't we? True. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, we just, we're teaching the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and of course, it's all the same. But yeah, yeah, how you, your personality, how you empower your clients, how you make people feel is what draws them back to you. So for you to pick that up with your very first cover, you you're, you were onto it from like the very start. Chloe. I'm sure I had a shaky voice and all sorts of things until I got into just pure adrenaline. I think it's also what got me through that class. When I I remember my very first um, cover, I was teaching at Williamstown Pilates, and it was a little clinical studio, and there was. I think seven reformers and two of them were a little bit different. And I remember with Cliff Cliff Butler. Yes. Ah. And um, I I remember driving there and I literally had almost had to pull over to be sick. (laughs) And, and sometimes now when I drive that same way through Williamstown, I still get like that reoccurring feeling of like, I'm going to see you because my nerves were so, so, so nerves are good. Nerves are normal. They're like, they're going, okay, this is a dangerous situation. And conditioning is a thing as well. (laughs) Yeah, yes, exactly. I've conditioned myself to feel sick every time I drive through Williamstown. Don't you think though nervousness and excitement, they're so they're the same thing. Like, yeah. like it's yeah. that gives you that. Yeah. So sometimes the it's hard to tell which yeah. one's going on, you yeah. know. It's probably a yeah. good mixture of both. And I always say to the students it's good to have, you know, I still I still get nervous before I teach. I still, I can see, I yeah. can hear it in my voice. I can hear it in my, uh, the start, I sound different to how I feel, mm. five, how I sound five minutes into a class. Mm. Um yeah, I think it's because I care. Like if you care about something exactly. and you want to do a really good job. And I think that's important to highlight too, that even though you've been teaching for nearly 10 years, mm. that you still get nervous. I, I'm sitting through um, the Cert 4, March Cert 4 at the moment, the, your, the current Breathe Education certificate. And I had to teach last night to two brand new students and I was nervous. I taught 100 people on Zoom the other week and I was more nervous teaching two brand new students and Chloe watching me. (laughs) So it's, it's important to know that no matter how long you're teaching that they, yeah. It still comes up from time to time that you can still feel nervous. Mm. If you go away on a holiday for four weeks and you go, oh, shit, how do I do my job again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> get a little bit nervous. Yeah. Nerves are good. Nerves, Nerves are, good. are good. Nerves are good. Yeah. So before the break, we kept promising <laughs> that we were going to talk been about promising it for like ages. what you learned from COVID. From COVID. So, okay. so let's, let's go get there. there. All right. So it's, it's you know, we've, we've painted the picture of February 2020. Yes. All right. So now, you know, March comes around and, you know, don't talk us through the whole, you know, blow, blow, blow every day of COVID. Yep. But like what, you know, you, your studio survived, your business has yes. survived. Um, I'm sure you made some mistakes. I'm sure you've had some wins, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you saw other people making mistakes <laughs> as yeah. well. So, there, yeah, there what was, have you learned? So when the ship hit the iceberg. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, did she just say shit? I'm <laughs> it, was, it wasn't asleep when this time. <laughs> ship. <laughs> ship. Um, I, I could see it coming. So I, I think the week prior to Australia going into lockdown, it was that first time in March, mm. was the whole of Australia, um, the whole world really, I could see that there was something really significant coming. So I, the week prior to the studio doors closing, I got the team together and I said, okay, this is what I can foresee happening, that we are going to have time closed. So are you all interested in filming some content, um, recorded Matt Pilates sessions to keep our clients and our community engaged during this time. So, and you gave it away for free, right? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. So, I paid my instructors for their classes. Um, we set up the studio. So, you recorded at Rise? At Rise. Yep. So, this is when we were still allowed in the studio. Oh, you're a smart cookie, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. So, there were, there were, um, <laughs> there were, Different times, and I'm sure this happens all around the world, where there's different um, rules of what's allowed and what's not during how bad the, the COVID outbreaks are. So at this point, we were allowed in the studio. So um, studio looks like the ship's about to hit the iceberg and I go, okay, we need to do something. So got the staff together. They all said, yep, absolutely, count me in. I'm in for whatever you're you're gonna throw us into. Um, I my brother's a videographer, so I already had the connection, which was very lucky. Otherwise, I probably would have got someone in regardless. Um, and we set up the rise reception as a little um, studio backdrop and started filming twenty five minute mat classes to be put onto an online anytime accessible library so this was before COVID even hit we started recording these so by the time COVID had shut our doors the first week in um, that was ready to go so we had that going out um, we charged it did have to be in line with what was already out there in the on-demand library world and so there's there was a few but my my reasoning for doing our own was so that our clients could still have connection to their instructor that was the most important that we're still moving with you and you can do it whenever because going into lockdown means working from home you've got homeschooling you've got 
all the different things happening around your house, cats, dogs, it can get overwhelming to go, okay, I don't even know when to. So my philosophy was you've got any time to do that then. You don't need to be locked in. So that's the first probably two weeks going into the first week of lockdown. And then I realised, no, actually there are people out there who still need to stick to a, a timetable that I think there's two different types of clients that there's some that do like to do it in their own time whenever they get a chance. They'll book last minute. They're the last minute people that run up the stairs going, oh, I just booked into your class. I'm so glad I got to make it. Um, and then there's others that that they do their 6am class every day of the week and that's that's their time and they need someone there. They need that locked in. Otherwise, they they don't have that motivation. So that's where we, we trialled. Zoom classes live. So we went, okay, we've we've got the online website on demand set up, ready to roll. It's already going out. It's already accessed. Um, let's go to Zoom. So same thing said to my team, who's in? And I, I've, I still to this day am blown away that they were all in. <laughs> Every single one of them was in and they, they, they went, uh, they, they did everything that I put out there. I'm still blown away. I'm lost for words. Um, and yeah, I threw them in the deep end and I said, we're doing Zoom. I set it up. I put the thing there. I got the light, got the thing, <laughs> turned it on, logged it on. And, and you can imagine back then Pilates instructors are just Pilates instructors. Not, we don't have tech backgrounds. We're not like computer wizards. <laughs> There's giggling we, coming from tech side tech. of side of stage people. So I found myself. Well, Josh, Josh, our tech guy. This is news to him. So maybe you could explain it to him <laughs> after after we finish recording after today. Eighteen months yeah. of like watching he's, us all in here. Yeah. He's only been working with the breathe team, and we're all freaking awesome at tech. So. It's definitely a skill in itself. Um, everyone rasping really sarcastic there. <laughs> Bless us trainers. We try. (laughs) We're really good at teaching Pilates. Well, that's the thing. That's that's what you're good at. That's what you've spent like your thousands of hours doing. We haven't spent thousands of hours learning how to operate computers and tech and Zoom and send links and, you know. So I found myself once again in the position of learning how to do the tech for the staff so that we could put the classes out, realising I can't teach five Zoom classes a day myself either. So I, I from the from the studio learnings, I, I knew this going into it. So I had the team ready and willing to jump on board, but I found myself doing the tech side going, okay, I need to learn how to do Zoom. I need to learn how to make sure that the lights, that the camera's in focus, that they've got the setup going. So for the first three months, I think I was at the studio Oh, from like 6am, quarter to six. Some days I'd have like a little break, go home and then come back for the six o'clock class in the afternoon and still be there at seven. And I, I, I remember just going, whoa, like what, like this is more than I ever did. So these are for the live. For the live ones. So why, why more? So more for the for the engagement of the keeping the account, <laughs> keeping your clients accountable to the time in the live setup. Oh, but I mean, why oh, did you have to do more work? Because the others oh, why couldn't did come I in. Why did I have or- to do more work? Okay, so 
learning how to do tech, oh, I the was tech. at yeah, the <laughs> bottom of the food chain. Like I, I, I learned, I've learned a lot. Let's put, and in that time frame too, a lot of um, new systems have also become mm. available. So there wasn't an integration from mind body to Zoom. So I was manually sending all the links right. every single time we had a, a class and right. adding people as they added themselves last wow, minute to the class. Okay. So That's there was we so went, we went through that phase Yeah. As well. So there it was a phase and I think it was just waiting for the tech to actually come on board. So chat with the world. Yeah. So by the time we went into Melbourne's second lockdown, that had been rectified. Right. Their mind body were pretty like they they jumped on it and it, there were integration programs that kind of put it all together. Right. I actually think it's called Loyal Snap, not Mind Body. So I think there's a, a partner program to Mind Body called Loyal Snap, and they set up the the Zoom links to the Mind Body. Right. Put it all together. Anyway, there's oh. learning in there. So oh. I was back learning <laughs> and having to work out how to get it all. And and yeah, so going back to the very first Zoom class, that was our trial, and I did put that on the schedule for free just to get a, a feel for engagement. And we were still doing the camera setup, the lighting, just learning how to do it ourselves. And it's it it was nerve wracking to then be in front of a camera because again, as a Pilates instructor, you're not used to being in front of a camera. You're not used to getting up and having to speak to people and sometimes it being recorded and not knowing who else is watching you from their homes, mm. not just the person doing mm. the class, but mm. there's and doing people a lot, cooking in the background yeah. and they're hearing you speak and teach as yeah. well. So your mum messaged me and said... <laughs> And said that she loves hearing me in the background oh my God, on Sundays it. during the reformer class. <laughs> I come out because I, I, I do Chloe's class every Sunday morning with her and and mum's often in the kitchen while I'm doing it and I'll come out and mum will go, oh, that sounded like a great one. I'm like, it was. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> Shout out, Kat. <laughs> Awesome. So it's true. Like there's there's other people yeah. around, and I think once and doing you, a lot more of it ourselves as well. Did you yeah. find that? Because I that's the main thing for me that I've noticed doing stuff online. You physically yeah do a lot more of it. You do yeah, particularly yeah. particularly Matt and I just remember, and, and this was something that went on with instructors all over the world. Everyone's like, oh my. God, I'm so unfit. <laughs> we've got to like, we've got to, to prep do ourselves for and this. cue, and I'm just like, I need to like start jogging and singing at the same yeah. time to get my like yeah. talking and teaching is yeah. a skill in itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah. So okay, so you you pivoted pivoted online to online and in both contexts pretty quick. Okay, and so adapted did accordingly. So I know that. Okay, so then you started. You were charging? Charging, yes. We ended up um, doing similar to the studio structure where like 10-pack, um, there was a unlimited um, direct debit option. There was a single class if you, you just wanted to drop about in. unlimited. Yeah. Not a fan. It's I'm but not a fan in, either. In Zoom actually. Uh, it's different because you've got no upper limit on how many people you can have in your class. Oh, so no, yeah. I thought we were talking about payment here, unlimited as in like, as in... Unlimited classes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it in a reformer studio because no, you've no. only got 13 reformers. Precisely. Oh, I get right? you. It okay. does. But I've got infinite spots in my Zoom reformer class. 
So I don't care if you take up as many That's places as you want. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. That's right. Interesting. Yep. So, yeah, so we did do – we ended up doing Unlimited and membership option drop-in and also packs if you're purchasing more than one for however various five, like ten. five-pack, ten-pack. Yeah. yeah. And the clients were happy to pay that. Yes. Yeah. And I think they also wanted to. Like you're, you're – you're not in business. They come to you every week doing your reformer classes. You're still the same teacher teaching the same skills. Therefore, why wouldn't you charge? Because you're mm. still offering can, your can service. I just, uh, like, you know, take a moment here and I think maybe we'll just have a minute's silence or something. But um, holy shit, this is something that I feel so strongly about. The Pilates instructors of the world, and and this doesn't apply to absolutely everyone. Obviously, doesn't apply to you, <laughs> Laura Sagas. But um, so many instructors I I see saying, "Oh my, we're in lockdown. My clients aren't working. You know, they they so I'm going to offer classes for free." No, they've got it exactly fucking backwards. Your clients are affluent knowledge workers who are able to do their work from home. They're just now saving all the cost of commuting and eating fucking lunch at expensive restaurants in the city. So they're actually better off financially, a lot of them. Guess who's out of work? The fucking Pilates instructors. That's who, right? So it's the the people who can't afford it subsidizing the people who can afford it. It's exactly fucking backwards. Yep. Oh my God, don't get me started. You already um, did. And but that, yeah. that was a, a huge epiphany in those first two, three weeks for me because we didn't know if there was going to be any government financial support in any context whatsoever. So my, my automatic response was how can we still run a business and pay the instructors mm. because you're still mm. offering the same service. Mm. Mm. So what I want to kind of touch on here though is that there were competitors though. Yeah. That there were so many that, out there. That went and slashed their prices. Or made it free. Doing it for free. Mm. And I think that's that made it very challenging because there was so much out there being offered for free that it did it made it hard or not hard, but it was a contrast then charging. Mm. Yeah. So when, so when you're doing it for free and I know people did it for free with the best of intentions and you know, their heart was coming from a good place, but it's like they, they're trying to be kind to people, but they're actually being kind to people who actually got much more money than they do. (laughs) And it's at the, they're harming their fellow instructors and studio owners because they, you know, if if you're giving Harming it away for free, yep. it's like, well, how's Laura supposed to charge, you know, full price for it mm, next exactly. door? And I don't exactly. expect my instructors to come and teach for free. So why would I mm. then expect, yeah, why would I then not charge the clients? Because I'm paying the instructor because I see their value. So Yeah. And so that, you know, like – kindness that people were trying to do to their clients, I will do it for free. It's actually doing damage to the industry and doing, not just the industry, because the industry is like an abstract concept. It's doing damage to actual humans who are Pilates instructors and studio owners who are trying to make a living and you're now competing with them by doing it for free. Yeah, it's not cool. No. (laughs) 
I had some really like quite strong conversations around that time when I saw some of the bigwigs doing it. I'm like, really? You you, you devalue the what your yeah, what your that instructor you're- brings, and you put so much value on a bricks and mortar. You know that 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 is the that is the experience That's comes the down yeah. to the bricks and mortar and the flashy lights. Uh, to me, that's really sad. What, like, yeah, your product is your instructor. Yeah. Yep. Right. It's the experience and it's the the results. You the can have gets, a you know? beautiful so. studio, but if you don't have the right teachers in their teaching, it's just a pretty space. Mm-hmm. So that's where the value is. Um, that was a bit of a quotable quote there, Sakes. <laughs> so write that wow. down. She's just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think though, the like it was, can we cut that as well? A little, little mumbo jumbo here. Um, the studios and the teachers doing it though, I, I do believe they were coming from the right place, mm-hmm. but the long-term goal and the game long-term game plan even is not taken into consideration Mm. where you do have to think past Mm. that period of time okay how is that actually going to affect us in the long run yes it's actually being kind and doing a community service almost and like still I, I genuinely think their intentions were right at keeping their community and their keeping their clients engaged with them and keeping people moving which we know is so so important especially going through a global pandemic um, but the long-term effects of that is actually not beneficial to anybody especially your instructors and especially your business that you want people to then be able to come back to after. Starts to spiral to the bottom. Yeah, it does. And and I, I do think that or I hope that that has kind of changed now that we're however was, many months out no, now. No, I don't know about around here, but I'm a member of a bunch of Pilates forums on Facebook and stuff yeah. in different countries like UK, US, whatever. And I still see that. Oh, we're going into lockdowns. I'm doing frequent Zoom classes. Mm-hmm. And I always just want to bang my head against the wall. Go. No. I, I've seen it. I've uh, seen it happen instantly with uh, Sydney going into a snap lockdown um, these last two weeks. Oh, my God. All the free classes hey, that have just gone you're, up on if Instagram. You're a, if you're a Pilates instructor and you want to give away free stuff, just send me $50, right? <laughs> just put guests to get a $50 note, stick it in an envelope, address it to Raphael Bender, Claire of Breathe Education, 157 Heidelberg Road, Northcote, Vic, 3070. I'll appreciate it. That'll be awesome. In fact, send $500. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll buy some coffees for the team. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll buy some more lights for our studio. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be it's awesome. Getting, it's getting it's it's <laughs> it's really it's really uh, unusual. I do want to reflect too because my whole philosophy throughout COVID has been still charge as usual, still value what you're doing as a business, what you're putting out there, what your instructors are worth. And this, we've just come out of our fourth little mini lockdown in Melbourne, and. It originally started as a seven-day lockdown and we've built our online library massively now. So when when a lockdown kind of hits, it's not the same kind of, okay, what do we do? We know what to do. We've been prepared. Um, so 
this time round, seven days, the ins- we're going into winter in Australia and the instructors are starting to get to that kind of wind down, like feeling a little bit run down. Seven days this time round was like, okay, we've put in the hard yards for the last 12 months. We've come back. We've given it our all. Uh, we've got the online library. Everything's ready to roll. So we we went back to our online service and had seven days that seven days then got extended so I I still thought okay it's only seven days kind of could have jumped on zoom but given the kind of you know the morale that yeah we're actually enjoying this little breather we've kind of earned it over the last what are we 16 months 17, 18 months maybe um yeah so I thought okay I still want to kind of keep my community connected in a Zoom class. We nailed them the other lockdowns. So I thought, okay, I'm I, I love my Saturday mornings. So I, I will always keep my teacher Saturday morning. That that's my time. So I thought, okay, we're mid mid lockdown, seven days to the fourteen days. I'll I'll jump on Zoom and I'll put on a an online class. A little bit cheeky of me too. I think part of it was that I didn't want to have to go and set up <laughs> for people to then purchase and, and have that kind of, I think I, I wanted to keep the community engaged. I wanted to see my clients and I thought, oh yeah, I'll just put one on for free. Okay. And, and I, I, the only other time we did that was the very, very first yeah. Zoom trial. And I had a hundred people sign up within 12 hours. <laughs> and I kind I of got a bit those of a numbers shock. going up. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I I kind of got a bit of a shock. And and it's it was a huge and I then kind of thought, okay, how 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 big is this gonna go? So I opened up the wait list and and it kept rolling too. I think there ended up being like fifty-six people on the wait list as well. And then there were all these other clients were like, Yeah, I didn't even bother adding myself. <laughs> I saw that you were so waitlisted with a hundred people <laughs> and fifty-six on the wait list that I didn't even bother. Um, so moral of that story is that I if you'd charged each of them ten bucks. Yeah, and even if I dropped 80 of them that's still 80 people that that would have happily they do my class every week they come to my studio and $10 would have been a discounted mm. rate yeah. it still could have been a community, a community give back. we're yeah. going to put this one on for $10 and you pay that at the coffee shop when you go and get a, a coffee and a and a and I I didn't feel devalued in that but I as in because I my intentions and how it happened but it reflected back to me hey that's why like you you can't be doing that like yeah. like that you're setting it up you're setting yourself up yeah. to it it was just a smack in the face to go okay like mm. and I, I guess I would say also to those people you know maybe listening to this thinking like banging the table in outrage and thinking like oh well we want to help people you know yeah why are you yelling at us for helping people it's like all right well if some like great help people who need it right don't yeah. help the people who don't need it mm. like why don't you have a policy of like oh, our, our, our prices are the same and if you've lost your job because of covid come and tell us and yeah. you can do it for free yeah right but don't just give it for free to everyone yeah mm. and and that's really what i should have done 
but mm. you live and you learn and it's normal to make those mistakes and sometimes mm. you need to you need that little bit of a smack in the face to go hey yeah you, you actually did the right thing the first time around yeah. the <laughs> other the other thing I've seen with that as well is with all of this and we're talking about devaluing and discounting and etc is the perception that Matt Pilates is somehow subpar to reformer Pilates yep. Um, and I, I truly believe that there's been a renaissance of the mat uh, due to yes. uh, mm. the world going online and the majority of people not having reformers. Oh, yes. yep. And all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, shit, mat's really hard it's and it's a really good <laughs> workout and I've got no springs helping me out here. It's actually yeah. fantastic and it's something that I don't need machinery for you know and it's like that you can whip out your mat in your two meters little corner of your apartment but but don't devalue your mat pricing is is what i'm yeah would say yeah as well don't you know i know a lot of people have been doing that it's like oh it's mat so it's only five dollars but it's reformer it's no if you're teaching online it needs to be consistent with what you're charging because you're 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 essentially teaching with the same effort and Mm. the same knowledge Mm. and presence and skills across the board. Mm. I think um, the difference in a reformer studio is that you have limited spaces Mm. and you have... Reformers are really expensive. Yeah, you've outlaid a lot of money to (laughs) set up that business with those reformers. So in context of why clients would pay more in a studio Mm. setting for reformer Pilates is that the outgoings for it have Mm. been significantly more than and you a can space probably get mats. Yeah. more mats into a space than reformers precisely yeah, I, I i mean i agree with everything you said and when i ran a studio our mat classes were cheaper than our reformer yeah. classes but i've been doing a lot of reading in the last few months about pricing and um i've i now challenge the thinking that i had around this that um so f- the value that people you know value is highly subjective basically is is what i've learned and that, so if we think of like, you know, what makes something more valuable to one person versus another person, well, I think airlines are an incredibly you know, apt example where if you buy a ticket from city A to city B, right, it might, you could pay $200 or you could pay $2,000 on the same aircraft, right? And so what do you get for the extra money? Well, you get, you know, if you, if you book further in advance, it's cheaper. So you, you, you sacrifice flexibility for yeah, cost savings and the cheaper tickets you can't cancel them you can't reschedule mm-hmm. them you know all of this stuff you don't get extra luggage allowance you'd have to wait till the end of the queue before you can board the aircraft you know you get the seats with no leg room all of these things but but the core thing that they're selling the airlines are selling is transport by air from city a to city b yeah. is exactly the same right but people will literally pay 10 times you know a price premium for those intangibles that go around it, like flexibility in booking and cancelling and luggage and how much legroom you get and whether you get a glass of champagne on arrival and all of that stuff. And it's like, well, why is that different to Matt and Reformer? So we can have champagne on arrival? Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I mean, that. this gets into a whole other yeah. discussion. But like, like yeah. for some of your clients, like you were saying before, you know, there are those last minute people that like just do it, you know, ad hoc. Yeah. And they're those people that like to be organised, right? And I don't know about your studio, but a lot of studios have a booking window where you're only allowed to book X number of days or weeks in advance, right? I'm only allowed to book a fortnight in advance, for example. And so if I'm one of those ad hoc people, I don't care about that, you know, right? I only ever book five minutes in advance anyway, so who cares? (laughs) But then if I'm one of the 6am, five days a week for the rest of eternity people, 
right? Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to set that at the start of the year and forget it, yep. right? I don't ever want to have, I don't want to, but but if I want to get into my 6am class with Laura that I love so much and I like, I have to be up at 11.59pm on a Sunday night when the booking resets, right? Yeah. You know, I used glue. to have clients <laughs> do, do that, that in Bondi right? yeah. and they'd stay up until it reset right. that night now, to book you, in. If I'm that person, well, right? I know. <laughs> and yeah. if you say, hey, Raph, for $10 extra a week, you can book a year in advance. I'll be like, I'll take it. Yeah. Because right. th- that's your val- that you <laughs> right. value that, right. so you're gonna you're gonna right. Whereas f- if I'm the ad hoc person, if you say for ten dollars extra a week you can book a year in advance, you're like, why would I want to do that? You yeah. know, like <laughs> so, I-, I book when I come. <laughs> I've got ten minutes. Yeah, right. cool. I can get there. So, yeah. and there are all kinds of other things that you could do to add value in your business that aren't to do with. Yeah. The teaching of the class. Yeah, I love that. So I think, you know, anyway, that's a discussion for another day. But, you know, I just think in relation to the price of Matt versus Reformer, I 100% agree. Like, yeah, the the convention is that it's cheaper, that you don't have to pay for the equipment, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, when I get on a jumbo jet, I still have to pay for the jumbo jet. If I'm in economy class, why is it cheaper? Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And I guess too, even comparing Reformer to Matt, you really shouldn't go, oh, yeah, the setup doesn't – like you're still – the, the instructor's still teaching well, the did same you put awesome your prices class. up when you had to buy all your video gear and stuff no? like, <laughs> so. that, yeah yeah you like yeah. there's there's always so much to take into yeah. consideration but if you you bring it back to the skill of what you're offering mm. the, and and the value I love that analogy the airline mm. my brain is ticking <laughs> <laughs> um so all right so you've you know you've you know, survived COVID and, you know, touch wood, we're still still going through it. But, I mean, I think things are looking so – you've survived this far. You're, yeah. You're not going to bite on the rock now. So, you know, what does your studio business model, you know, look like now in, in you know, the second half of 2021? Yep. You know, how is it different than it was in February 2020? I think um we have been lucky in Australia that – the physical studios did bounce back in full force pretty quickly. So when when lockdown ended, people was like, can't wait yeah, to get back they, into the they, they were, it was so waitlisted, not just my studio, but most gyms and studios around the country from what I could see. And that, that definitely helped because you've got your community coming straight back into full force straight away the problem is though that you're then re you're capped with your numbers and so you're then capped with your profit you're you're capped at like you still have all the same outgoing reformers in the room well no 10. 10 yeah so you're like you're down like it doesn't seem huge when you say oh yeah it's only Maybe one machine out the front and do but, an fresco. yeah like you, like having space like that to be is like this was the time that you needed that space to go mm. okay we can do outdoors we can do two-on-ones and the people who can't get into the classes because again you've only got 24 hours in a day you can't have well i guess you could have 24 hours <laughs> has any, anyone done that yet anytime can someone do, yeah anytime reformer <laughs> It's just 24-hour Pilates classes. Um, but, yeah, but in, in like, a reality, in context, people work and, and, and there's a small amount of people that probably would get up and exercise at 3 a.m., but that they're not your usual clients. So putting classes on at 3 a.m., you're probably not going to get 
much of a show. So we can wipe that. So you've only got X amount of time in the day to run classes. Therefore, you are capped Unless at what you, you put can Zoom do. Zoom classes on because 3am yes. <laughs> in Melbourne yes. is like midday in Florida, yes. for example. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But do I don't know about you, but I don't really want to get up at 3am. <laughs> but if you wanted to open up your capacity around the 24-hour yeah, clock. Exactly. Exactly. So there's definitely ways around that. So thinking outside the box in that time of being able to, I I don't have space, an outdoor space at Rise, we're second floor up, um, no balcony or anything like that, but there were studios out there doing two-on-ones and really utilising just the space that they had to then generate extra profit and also give your instructors more work. Um, where was I going yeah, so with that? Tell, me about, tell us about your business model now. Oh, yeah, the business model now. So... We are lucky that we've been able to go back to um, 12 machines. So it's almost pretty much back to normal. The business model now includes an online demand library that we've spent the last 12 months. We, we did invest a lot into that too, but now... In terms of video equipment yes, and software and... Precisely, yeah. the, the web, all the tech side of it, and also paying the instructors to come, it, it, I've included all of my team, that that does eventually bulk into an out, a huge outgoing. Um, but that, that's been so worthwhile because now we've got this awesome online library that the clients can still access anytime. They, if they go on holidays, they can still do classes with their mm. Instructor, mm. instructors as they would during the week. And, um, yeah, I guess I guess something that I've had to take into consideration is COVID itself in the the studio that you want to still do as much as you can to prevent any outbreaks, but also people's um, expectations in the in the space in terms of creating a safe environment and by safe I mean making them feel that they like debunking their fear around coming to a class mm -hmm. no more instructors sh showing up with like a sniffly nose or a yeah, coughing and, or a, and I guess managing yeah, the studio from that perspective has clients with has taken yeah, yeah but in, like like I said at the start of the podcast, you've got boundaries and they're there for a reason and they're like, you're, okay, uh, we've got a nine-hour cancellation window. That's that's there. But if mm. you're in hospital like and you, you something significant has happened, of course yeah. we're going to be understanding. And but if you're just running late for no reason and you can't be – yeah. bothered coming well, of course that's why you're that's why we've got boundaries I feel like everyone's being more lenient with you know I, I've had to cancel a, an appointment here and there due to the fact I've got like yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and they're just like yeah no worries yeah <laughs> Ooh, yep there will be no charge for that that's so fine yeah. do not come anywhere near us and it's like yeah and I think in terms no more clients that come in to say oh yeah. I'm just having a sick day I'm here to sweat it out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do not be that client <laughs> yeah so I think that's probably been the biggest shift that there there does need to be flexibility around that and the more flexible you can be, the better rapport you build with your clients. Mm. That you, you at the end of the day, because when you do have a lot of people coming through the door weekly, 
you get a lot of requests and whilst you're sitting there as either the studio owner or the studio manager it's like a broken record sometimes it's like oh can I please have this because xyz can I can I can I but you have to remember that those people don't ask all the time it's one person and it's probably their first time asking they've been your client for the last two years it's the first time they've ever asked you for anything it's COVID they're doing the right thing you have to go okay I, I, in this context, yes, I can early cancel you from this class. Thank you for letting us know and do the right thing. I have been on the other side of that as a client prior to COVID and I had been going to the studio for 18 months, spent so much, like it's a lot of money when you're going four times a week. And I remember I asked for an extension for three days so that I could just get my last class in on that one pack you could look at the thing, I was going to buy another one. And they said no. And I just remember being so like devastated. Like I don't ever ask for anything. I've been coming for 18 months. I'm so like, like just that one time, can I just have like three days? And so I think from a flip side, it's, it's amplified that side of the business that, Mm. but yeah, you, that you also can't give, 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 give either. But in the context of COVID, it does need to be taken into consideration on how you're making your instructors and your clients feel when they're trying to do the right thing. I love that. I think there are both sides of the coin there that you said that, you know, when you, when you're getting all of these requests and your inbox is full of people asking you, can I late cancel? And you're rolling your eyes going, you know, damn it all to hell, you know, like, no, you can't late cancel. (laughs) But actually it's not, the same person asking you a hundred oh. times, it's a hundred people asking you for the first time mm-hmm. and and that you need to take that in consideration. You look, is this the first time this person's done it? If it, the answer to that is yes, then maybe it is the right time to be a bit lenient. If it's this, actually, no, this is the fourth time this yeah, month. Yeah. This you go, no, yeah, like, you, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> There's boundaries for a reason and, and you, you definitely, yeah, it's just investing that little bit of extra time to looking at the client individually and assessing whether you you are lenient or if it is actually no, like, and, and it's usually the no's are like, no, (laughs) we've got, sorry, you haven't followed, you clearly know the the rules and yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, feels like we're reaching our conclusion. We are. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for sharing all of that with us, uh, Laura. I'm sure that's going to be really helpful to a lot of our listeners and Maybe they've also been through similar, so reassuring as well. It's always nice to hear the story uh, from someone else. Yeah, very relatable, I think, to everybody in the world right now. So don't discount service when you go online due to COVID, due to it being Matt. I think that's – would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Like keep doing what you were doing, just – do it online. Precisely. Bring your value just to the screen. And every extra reformer is $75,000 a year. <laughs> also, depending on step your studio step and your insurance and all the different things surrounding that, which will be everybody's individual setup, hiring out your machines, great, great financial input to the business if you're closed for a long period of time. That's all I'm going to say. That, that paid the rent. <laughs> So, yeah, hot tip in the conclusion. Thanks for joining us, Laura. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks, Ralph. Thank you. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks.
after two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.